Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today, we got a QA. and a I'm getting a Tailored Life tattoo soon. I'm going to do it. You wish. No, I'm serious. You are? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm getting, uh, I got to finish my hands next time I go. Um, Those aren't finished? No, because you got to touch up the knuckles. So, like, if I go like that, you see how it spreads them yeah, out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not excited. I'm assuming you get your fingers tatted. Fuck no. Why? I don't know. I don't. I don't ever want it. I didn't want to do the. I could literally get tailored. It fits perfectly yeah. across my knuckles. But I've never been one of the guys that wants to have the knuckles done. I just wanted the, the hands. I don't know. Yeah. But I think he's gonna have to like bend my. I had to do this with my elbow. You get it done, and then they make you fucking completely open mm. up and bend it when it's just. Bone out, not gonna be fun. But no, I'm getting uh, right here and right here done. Nice. So like right here is gonna be, uh, I don't know if it's Mactub or Mocktub from The Alchemist. I think I was telling you about it. Mm-hmm. It means it was written. Um, what does that mean? Like, uh, I mean, one, it's a Nas album, one of the best albums of all time. Um, second to Illmatic, yeah. another Nas album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's squeak. Um, rather listen to Fetty Wap. Right. Oh my God, dude, you're gonna get crucified by the listeners. Ugh. We have some like serious hip hop heads that listen because I get like DMs about it. All right, I'm joking. Holy moly! I'm sure the people who don't agree with me don't DM dude, me. Only reason I said that is because yesterday I saw a YouTube video of of the rise and the fall of Fetty Wap. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't seen him in a while. Ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, was it ten years ago that yeah. that song came? Yeah. It was our high school days, man. Oh, yeah, shit. Maybe what was that song? God, dude, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, doesn't matter. Something way. Anyway. It's a good song. Yeah. It was tight. Sure. But that was the only one. Um, But it was written, Mac Tub, that's in uh, the Trap Alchemist. Queen. So it's basically Trap Queen. That's right. It was. Okay. Um, My way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. That's oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, guys. But in the Alchemist, Santiago, the little boy who's chasing his personal legend, like he has a vision from day one of like basically it's like God gave you this vision of like your personal legend. They mm-hmm. call it what you're supposed to fulfill in life. And once it's written in the universe and time, like it's your duty to accomplish it, right? So like basically fulfilling your destiny, yeah. kind of thing. So it was written. It's supposed to be like you're meant to do this. Mm. Um, so that'll be on the side, and then uh, 92 right here, because obviously that's when I was born, so nine, in 92 it was written. And then I'm going to do TL right here, Tailored Life, and then get, I don't want writing right here because I have writing on my arm, uh, but two crossing tailored needles. Damn. So this hand will have, like, the Tailored Life yep. on it. That's but it. I've been trying to think of where I could put Tailored Life, but... But you're not going to? I, I might still, but, like, I'm running out of room, and anywhere that I have room for it, there's already words really close, so I don't want, like... Like, for example, if I get a spot in my backfield, it'll say prolific, tailored life. It just doesn't, you know, doesn't work well <laughs> when you have two different statements right next to each other. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to do them right there. Mm. I was thinking, like, across your heart. Yeah, my chest is completely covered. Yeah. I can just start going over other tattoos. Ask Travis. Travis uh, Barker? Yeah. Dude, he, he burned half alive. So oh. he had to get tattooed over yeah. some of them because they were, like, all fucked up. Yeah. So, like, he started going over them because they were, like, oh. half burnt. Can you imagine that? Being in a plane wreck and being the only survivor? Just walking out on fire? (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. Let's uh, get into the Q&A today, guys. We have a good one. So we are going to start it off with one coming from Sarah Crowhurst. It says, I'd love your opinion on 
quote-unquote timed training. I'm following an awesome trainer on YouTube named Caroline Jervin, and her programs are fantastically challenging, but I'm wondering if I'm completing enough volume, particularly as the rest in between sets is often 20 to 30 seconds. So I have to choose my weight accordingly just to survive the workout. You want to answer that? There's a part two question. Um, okay. First question for you is fantastically a word. Is that actually a word? Chief. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Flows. Yeah. Um, so what was her question about it? She's doing, it's. I'm wondering if, I, if I'm completing enough volume, particularly as rest in, rest in between sets is often 20, 30 seconds. Probably not. I can tell you right now for sure. So I, I can't say that you're not doing enough volume because I don't I don't have the program in front of me. I'd have to look at the program because there's a few ways to assess volume. So the first way is how many sets per muscle group per week are you doing, right? Now, if you're doing – shit, and no, I should – There's or, two like questions about time training, but – Right. Okay. But – and, and I'm, I'm going to get there. Yep. Uh, first and foremost, what is your goal? Right. You didn't really tell us that either, did she? She didn't say she's, if she's after body composition, chain of strength or anything like that. Um, the rest interval question is going to apply to both of those, but just slightly variants. But when I'm assessing somebody's volume like this, the first question is, what's your goal? So if your goal is intent, like training uh, strength and you want to get stronger, I'm less focused on volume and more focused on intensity. Intensity being how close to your one rep max are you getting on a regular basis in specific lifts? Because um, strength is neurological and it's very specific to the movement you want to build strength in. So you can overall get stronger on any plan because you're just lifting weights. But if you want to get stronger, the next question is, what do you want to get stronger in? Do you want to get stronger in pressing and squatting and deadlifting and the power lifts or unilateral training, all of the above? Then from there, it's, it's really about intensity and load. And then your volume is just gauging how well you're recovering. You're going to be doing less volume because you want to do more intensity. You can't do more of both. But we start with a low amount of volume and then we just tweak it all so that we can basically organize your exercises throughout the week in a program while making sure that you're still recovering. Now, when we're talking about hypertrophy or body composition changes, total volume per muscle per set is more important than total intensity and how much load you're doing because it's a muscular goal rather than a neurological goal, uh, whether you realize strength is a neurological goal or not. So in that case, I'm looking at how many sets per muscle group per week. So when you ask me, am I doing enough volume? I can't say for sure without seeing how many sets you're doing per week because my goal is to take you somewhere from 10 to 20. It's kind of like a bell curve. 10 being uh, for an intermediate to an advanced lifter, uh, 10 sets per week is typically per muscle group per week is typically the like lower end of the spectrum of how much volume you need to do to build muscle. And then 20 is typically the higher end. Some people can get away with a little more than 20. Um, but usually that's only the case if you are extremely experienced. So you've been training for 20 plus years and you're only doing it with maybe your lats, like, right. Everything else is 15 to 20. And then you have your lats at 25 because you have to, you're specializing in that muscle group. You're never going to do 25 sets per muscle group per week for every muscle. Unless the other category is your training is just not hard enough. There's a lot of people who do tons and tons of volume, but they're just not really getting close enough to failure. So I don't think it's any more beneficial than them doing less at harder efforts. It's about the same. So whatever floats your boat. Um, then the other category of volume that does apply to both is sets times reps times weight. And that's total tonnage. And that's how much work you're actually getting done. If you do three sets of 10 and I do three sets of 10, but you do 100 pounds and I do 200 pounds, I'm getting more vol uh, tonnage. Mm -hmm. So on paper, we do the same volume because we're doing the same amount of sets and reps. However, I'm doing 
twice as much weight, which means technically my work capacity is much higher, which means I'm placing greater stresses on the muscle, which I'm going to grow more. This is where the rest intervals come into play. We can both do three sets 10. And let's say we both have the capacity to do three sets 10 at 200 pounds. However, I'm taking two to three minutes of rest and you're taking 20 to 30 seconds of rest. I'm going to continue doing 200 pounds. You're going to have to drop weight quickly because you're going to be metabolically fatigued. Your cardiovascular system is not going to be able to recover you fast enough to repeat that bout of effort, which is why studies show you are not going to be able to do as much tonnage with short rest periods. Yeah. And they show that about there's different things. So like if you're going for accessory exercises, like a lunge, you can get away with like one to two minutes rest. If you're doing a compound lift, they actually recommend all two all the way up to five minutes of rest, which can seem like a long time. And I think the I mean, problem with, I think it's a good range to mean how much time you have in the gym. Yeah. yeah. How much time you have in the gym, um, how cardiovascular fit you are too. Um, the stronger you get, the longer you typically need to take the heavier loads you're doing. But also, you know, if, if I come from a bodybuilding background and person B comes from an endurance background and then we both go into a strength training thing, I'm probably going to progress faster because I've done more resistance training. But when they catch up to me, they might actually be able to progress uh, or do get more volume done in a session because they're so much more cardiovascularly fit than I am. Yeah. So their aerobic system will recover them faster, <clears throat> right? Um, so it, it really depends. But the point is, is, is most research points to you need usually between two to five minutes of rest between sets in order to fully recover enough to be able to perform at the same amount of weight and keep your volume as high as you want to. And that's the key to growth. But it's also the key to fat loss at the end of the day, you know, because going faster on your rest periods, you're going to feel your heart rate elevate more. And you might even be able to burn a little bit more calories, but it's, you know, you're missing the forest of the trees with that one. You're not going to have such a big metabolic effect from that, that you're actually going to burn more fat and you're going to maintain less muscle mass during the cut, which is going to negatively impact your metabolism, your hormones, your strength gains, all the things you really want to hold on to while you're cutting anyway. Totally. So no, you're probably not doing enough volume. And yes, you're probably taking too quick of rest periods. And this is very common. Last thing I'll say this is very common. This is one of the goals I had with the Taylor trainer and why I created the Taylor trainers because I wanted really intelligent programming. And there's a lot of times where people ask me like, are those rest periods right? And I'm like, yes, take some time between sets to keep your form on point, full range of motion intact and lift heavier as you go rather than rushing and rushing and rushing and, and, and not ever progressing your, your loads in the gym because you're going through the motions too quickly. Yeah. And there's so many and I don't want to shit on this person because I actually don't know who that is that she's talking about. It could be a great coach. Yeah. I have no idea who they are. So this is not like directed towards her because I don't know her programming or her app. And she didn't give us enough information about it for me to say. But there are a lot of influencers, both male and female, who create training memberships and stuff. And they are not good coaches or good programmers. They're influencers. And, and it shows in their programming because they create like random fucking circuits with weights and people thinking. fly through them and they never progress and get better. And it's unfortunate because they see this person and they're like, I want to look like them. So I got to do their, their workouts. And I'm like, well, they got into it because they hired a trainer who probably didn't program like them. Yeah. And they're probably genetically gifted. Or they're not even doing what they actually put on paper because they pay somebody else to do it. They're just the face of it, you know? So it's unfortunate. You don't know the back end. Yeah, you don't know the back end. Um, so that's, I mean, that's why we created Taylor Trainer and that's why we're going to continue leveling it up. And I can't say much else, but dude, I'm so excited for what we're putting together. Yeah, I just think a lot of that has to do with the majority of people's patience. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, you're probably, you know, thinking maybe on the higher end of four, four minute rest periods. They're like, dude, no. Yeah. Like, well, but man, there's you, a, there's a, 
You've, what do you call it? There's a rhyme to the reason. Uh, yeah. 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 I think that is it. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, you've probably seen memes and stuff too. And, and people always say this, like, put your phone away when you're in the gym, brother, like no texting loud. And there's like signs in some like hardcore gyms and shit. I actually kind of disagree with that because if I don't check my phone and text me back or like I, I, a lot of times I'll do my Q and a stories and I'll answer questions in between sets. If I don't do that, I get antsy and I want to get back into the bar, yeah. especially if I don't have now that CJ hasn't been lifting here because his work schedule change and it's just me and you're filming. It's like, I'll, I'm like, all right, next set, let's go. Let's keep filming. I want to keep going and I will take too little of rest period because I'm a very, very impatient person. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, well, I need to bring my, my phone in here. Bubba in here helps too. Cause it kind of distracts me for a sec. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, give yourself some of that time so you can actually perform well. As long as you're performing. Yeah. And not just completely distracted. Yeah, yeah. 100%. If you're using that downtime as a tool. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Uh, second question is, thoughts on using a weighted vest on leg days to add weight as opposed to increasing weight on dumbbells? Two reasons I ask this. I only have up to 10 kilogram dumbbells, and I can't afford heavier ones right now. Plus, think... Plus, I think my grip slash arms will fail slash get tired as I find at times my forearms hurt already with the 10 kilograms. Okay. So, uh, I would answer this two different ways depending on the person who asked it. I'm glad that you said two reasons why you asked this because that helps a lot. Uh, My first response was going to be no, that I don't think so. But then you, you concluded that and actually would say yes, I would in your situation. So, the reason because, you know, number one... My first thought is like, if we're trying to, so I posted that thing on Instagram that said like the 10 laws of strength training or something like that. Law number one was progressive overload. Like you have to progress, whether we're adding a rep, a set, weight, you got to do something better. Now, load is the only thing that can linearly continue for a pretty long period of time. Um, And I say that because... You know, if you're like, I don't have heavier, or, or I can't get stronger. Okay, well, add a rep until you do get stronger. But if you just only add reps, at some point you're doing 30 fucking reps, and now you're just doing endurance and metabolic work, and it's not nearly as advantageous for strength or muscle. Um, you're going beyond that range. If you just add sets, sooner or later, you're going to be at the gym for three fucking hours still doing the same exercise, just 10 sets per exercise. You know what I mean? Yep. It just gets ridiculous. Um, so at some point, you have to increase load. You can't do that with a weight vest. You can at first, but what are you going to do? Just keep fucking stacking sandbags into the weight vest (laughs) until it's 200 pounds? Like, you you just can't. And some exercises just don't work like that. Um, So I think in the meantime, it can be advantageous. However, I do think, and this goes for anybody who has a home gym, and and I've talked to many clients about this that start with me that are like, hey, I'm only training at home. Is that okay for now? And my answer is always, it is okay for now, but at some point in time, if you want to continue progressing your strength and your physique, you will have to either A, get a gym membership, or B, get more weights in your garage gym. And and the reason is because accommodating resistance and and progressive overload is a never-ending aspect of strength training. It's not like, if I strength train, I'm good. It's like, if I progressively strength train, I'll continue being good, if that makes sense, right? At a certain point, those dumbbells will be really easy. At a certain point, those dumbbells and that weight vest will be really easy. At a certain point, 20 reps will be really easy. So there's going to come a point in time where you're going to have to progress from dumbbells to a barbell so you can load it up heavier. You know, you're going to have to progress to a a, a leg press machine so you can do more than a goblet squat or whatever it may be. Um, And because of that, you have to find ways in order to, to 
add load over time. Now, I do think there's value in what you just said for the time being because it is a progression. And if you don't have the means to go get weights and all that kind of stuff, 100%. For now, add the weight vest because that is a progression, yeah. you know? And it's going to last you a while. But at a certain point, you're going to need to get 20 kilogram dumbbells or something better. Um, however, I do think there's value in using a weight vest regardless, even if you're in the gym, if load uh, grip is a limiting factor. So I remember doing um, dumbbell reverse lunges and Bulgarian split squats at the old, old gym that I worked at, uh, Vigor, the old Vigor, with dumbbells in my hands, a weight vest on, and two chains around my fucking neck. Now nowadays this is before instagram so yeah. nowadays people would be like are oh, you just doing that to look cool well so you know there's no post of this because yeah. nobody was watching it was 11 p.m there was three of us in the gym but we did that because we maxed out the dumbbells so we're doing dumbbell bulgarian split squats and i think the dumbbells at the time went up to like 90 pounds so we had 90 pound dumbbells and we're doing sets of five to six once we did sets of five to six and we were like we could do more how do we add weight put a weight vest on cool how do we add more weight because we need more weight fucking throw chains around your neck it was literally just like how do we progress this movement without adding reps yeah. not that adding reps is a bad thing but we were after a specific stimulus which is strength we didn't want to go above six reps and start going into the eight to ten reps because we were after the four to six rep range so there is times where you go okay either a i don't have weights that go this high or b maybe you do have a garage gym and you're doing reverse lunges and you don't want to do a barbell reverse lunge because you have back issues how do you load this up more without smashing your grip do exactly what I just said. You can't grip more than 50 pounds, cool, throw it on your chest. Yep. Or your dumbbells only go up 50 pounds, cool, throw a weight vest on. You know, you can add weight that way. Um, so I do think it's advantageous. Or like there's certain, there's certain situations where I prefer a push-up over another movement. And although I like plate on your back push-ups, it's very inconvenient. Having somebody put it on, having somebody to try and take it off, um, balancing it, like it's just not as, it's not as good. I think... But, some people think, you know, think it's just fun. Yeah. You know. What, the weight vest? Or, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Plates on your back. Yeah. It's kind of challenging. Yeah, yeah. it is. And but there's it's not like a normal thing. Yeah. And there's times for that, for sure. Exactly. You know? uh, but. Cool. Yeah. All right. We will go to the last one. Here we have is from G. Nicole. It says, I hate tracking things like flax seeds, chia seeds, green peppers, and such. So I pretty, and such. So I pretty much avoid them. Am I missing out on some important superfoods or are they all overrated anyways? Overrated for sure. Um, so look, I think that people, superfood is a myth. There's no fucking superfood. Blueberries are great for you. It doesn't make them a superfood, you know? So are goji berries. Goji berries aren't better than blueberries. Goji berries are considered a superfood at the supermarket because it's a out of nowhere, goji berries appeared. You know what I mean? Like goji berries is not a normal fucking thing. Dragon fruit is not a normal thing. They're not better for you than an apple or an orange or anything like that. It's just that they're very rare. So they call them superfood, you know? Like, I mean, superfoods can be marketed that way. And then there's some things that superfoods, people market as superfoods because the nutrient profile and I think that's great. I think it should be labeled like a really healthy food, not a superfood, because some of the superfoods aren't any healthier than really healthy foods that are very normal. People just don't call superfoods because you see them all the time. Yeah. You know, um, for example, uh, like she said, flaxseed, chia seed, stuff like that. Um, they're not as commonly uh, used or recognized stuff, so people really highlight them. But the truth is, is like, I, I mean, a walnut, for example, 
Walnut is extremely good for you. A Brazil nut, extremely good for you. Really, really good omega fatty acids in it. Um, it I would say it's just as good as a flaxseed or chia seed. Nobody calls it a superfood. Why? Because it's a boring nut. Yeah. Like walnuts and Brazil nuts are not that great. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> super, Interesting. Super good for you. Um, so... Superfoods in general are very overrated. I don't think you need to pay attention to that. Uh, you're not really missing out on anything. However, if you're not getting any, like, so I'd, I wouldn't want to say you're not missing out on anything. They're overrated. And then I look at your diet and you're not getting any omega-3 uh, fatty acids or any good healthy fats in your diet. Then you are missing out on something. You but might need some superfood. Yeah. and it's But you're missing out on omega-3s. You're not missing out on this special thing. You know, yeah. like, um, like, uh mackerel and sardines and stuff like that are super super good for you you're not missing out on anything just eat some salmon take a fish oil pill like you're fine like it's all the same shit it's i think i think people i think people over over market those quite a bit um shit if there's any superfood it's a kiwi kiwi Ooh. is one of the most nutrient dense fiber packed foods that you can get low calorie tastes fucking amazing when they're in season um great for you but that's not considered a superfood yeah. superfoods are like spirulina goji berries and um I actually don't know if people call dragon fruit. Oh, it's pretty I just, common. But. I just threw that out there because it's a weird fruit. Yeah. They're not that good. Goji know, so. berries. Goji berries is known as like a superfood. Um, acai. Ooh. But. Banana? No. But, <laughs> dude, but bananas are so good for you. But why? They're cheap and common. Yeah. Easy to get your hands on. Yeah. So they're not super. There's nothing super about them. Bummer. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't think you're necessarily missing out on anything specifically. But, um as far as tracking them, I, I think, because was that her question? Yep. Should she be tracking them or was it just, I don't like tracking them, so I don't I don't like them. tracking them, so I avoid, so I, yeah. Oh, you, okay. She avoids them because she doesn't like tracking them. And what were the foods? Like chia trying seeds? To, and trying what? to track flax seeds, chia seeds, green pepper, or no, sorry, green powders. Oh. I can't read. Yeah. Green powders and such, so I pretty much avoid them. Am I missing out on some important superfoods? So some people, I look at their diet, and I'm like, you're not missing out on a green powder because you get a ton of fruits and vegetables. Other people, I'm like, you need a green powder ASAP because you don't eat enough greens and vegetables. You know? I know for me, I like it as just like an extra insurance policy. It's like, why not have a little bit extra? You know, Because I don't eat a ton of vegetables because I don't like eating a ton of vegetables. I just feel bloated, so I like a greens drink. Um, so it really depends on the diet. Now, the thing that confuses me about that is green string is very easy to track. You just scan a label mm. because it's it's a supplement. So a greens powder, you have no excuse there. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I literally take this first form thing and just go boop and I just scan it on my fitness pal and it's in my tracker, you know, or macro factor or chronometer, whatever you use. You can literally just scan the label. Um, even things, and this is the other thing I would say is flaxseed, chia seed, if you're going to have them, you should very, you definitely should track them precisely. Like whether you met at least with a tablespoon or whatever, but if not use like a scale, um, again, I don't find it any more difficult than anything else you're tracking to be honest with you or measuring, but those are fats. Yeah. Fats are going to be more calorically dense. They're important to measure accurately. Um, something like a, a, a bell pepper, just look at it. Is that like a cup, half a cup diced full pepper, half pepper, just enter it in. Like the different, like a full pepper is like 30 calories. Half pepper's 15 calories. That is semantic. Like you are, you do not need to worry about it. A large pepper versus a medium pepper is probably the difference of three calories. You know what I mean? Like when I have broccoli with my dinner, I look at the plate and I'm like, that's probably two cups. If it's three, oops. If it's one and a half, no biggie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But how much olive oil did I use? 
I'm going to track that accurately because it's more calorically dense. So I think there's there's levels to tracking that you should pay attention to. Totally. Is my point. Um, yeah, let's, let's crank out one more. All right, we got one more here from Lindsay Poach. It says, what are some breakfast ideas if I can't have eggs, oatmeal, wheat, breads, protein powders due to bloating? You should fast. <laughs> <laughs> Intermittent fasting. <laughs> oh, damn, that's hard. Uh, okay, R- repeat that list again. Uh, eggs, oatmeal, wheat, breads, protein powders. I would do, uh, okay, so here, there's a few things here. Number one, easy answer. Wait, did she say dairy? No, she didn't. She uh, said eggs. Eggs, eggs uh, wouldn't be dairy. Really? No. I mean, is it? Milk? I mean. Eggs. Yeah, but. Eggs is definitely dairy, isn't it? I mean, no. I mean, you told me, it's man. A, it's, a, it's a meat. I mean, technically, it's the embryo of a chicken. Okay. I think it's in the dairy section. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's considered dairy, to be honest with you. Because if you're lactose intolerant, you can't handle dairy. You can still eat eggs. Hmm. What? Not a dairy product. Wow. Mr. Nutrition over here. <sighs> I know things too. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, dude, I would have fought you for it. I thought it really was. <laughs> I mean, it's in the dairy section. Yeah. That's why for a minute I was like, fuck, if I get this wrong, I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. this is what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, so... Uh, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese. There you go. Those, like, those are, yeah. But those are those are breakfast options. Yep. She didn't say she couldn't have dairy. So those are two options for you. Um, the thing I would say, though, is uh, in that statement about intermittent fasting is, is 100% true. So there's yeah. three things here. Number one, you can have some Greek yogurt or cottage cheese. That's a common one for breakfast. Number two, uh, just because it's called breakfast doesn't mean you need to have breakfast. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to have fucking steak and almonds go for it. It doesn't fucking matter. In fact, the meat and nuts diet or the meat and nuts breakfast is actually a really popular old school diet plan from Charles Poliquin. And what they would do is they would purposely have specific proteins and fats in the morning and keep carbs restricted in the mornings, have carbs in the evening. It was kind of like the beginning of carb backloading, which we know is not really that important anymore. But the point is protein is protein. Nuts are nuts. Fats are fats. Carbs are carbs. So you don't necessarily need any of those breakfast items if you don't want to. Right. Just eat food Um, or fast if you really I mean, you don't have to. Yeah. You know, number three, I would question the bloating situation Um, because sometimes people get really fucked up sleep and it causes stress and that causes bloating. Sometimes people have uh, like people will pinpoint like, oh, protein is the issue. No whey protein is the issue. Mm. Did you try a casein? Did you try a uh, egg white based protein? Did you try a vegan protein powder? You know it's unlikely that protein powder in general is the issue. It could be the specific sweetener inside certain brands of, because uh, sometimes artificial sweeteners can be overloaded in a protein product and they can cause bloating um, or it's way specifically. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's just protein powders in general. I would also not say that, um, I mean, if it's eggs causing it, maybe, but there's sometimes too where I've seen people where a lot of different things cause bloating, but it's actually not, the thing, it's something they, they have with the thing. So for example, if there's a ton of salt in that and you get bloated from all the salt you're eating, because every time you make this type of meal, you pour a bunch of seasoning and salt on it. You didn't realize how much salt was in the seasoning you use. You get bloated. You think the eggs are causing bloat. It's not the eggs. It's the seasoning. Or every time you eat eggs, you have a certain vegetable in the mix or potato, or you only ever have, and I see this all the time, you only ever have eggs while also having toast. It's not the eggs, it's the gluten. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's different situations like that that I would just want to pick apart and, and honestly investigate a little bit more because um, thinking that eggs, protein powders, oatmeal, wheat 
all those things cause bloat when all those things are literally in completely different categories doesn't quite make sense to me. Totally. Usually when we go through an elimination diet with somebody and it's causing issues, it's like, oh, we pinpointed it. It's cruciferous vegetables. So eating a lot of cauliflower and broccoli and these thick fibrous vegetables that causes bloat or it's specifically dairy or it's specifically grains or it's specifically eggs. But I've never ran into somebody that it's just randomly protein powders, eggs, and grain products. Those are very random things. Um, so I would do a little bit more digging because, and the reason I say it is because you, you never want to go through life restricting foods because you think it's going to help you lose weight or get healthy when it's, that's not the case. You know, now you're restricting foods for no reason, which is going to cause a mental burden and a bad relationship with food without any actual justification or result at the end of it. You know, if restricting those foods did make you healthier and gave you a result, the result would be rewarding enough to be worth it. But if you're not getting a result on top of it, yeah, it's kind of an issue. Um, and the last thing I'd say is check out the low FODMAP diet. Low FODMAP diet is, is basically, it's a diet designed in order to reduce bloat and gassing, but it's specifically for these situations. So it's, um, I mean, it removes random things that are chronically known to increase bloating and gassing people. So it's, it's, that could be a helpful choice. Um, yeah. I noticed that I, re I reviewed the uh, question on the uh, Facebook form, mm -hmm. and there was actually a lot of engagement with this question. People, uh, Someone actually mentioned to her um, that they eat chicken or fish for breakfast. Mm. Like that second part that you were talking about, it doesn't yeah. have to be eggs or breakfast. Yeah. Quote-unquote items. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, I mean, people are fine eating breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Eat why dinner not? for... Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's so funny. I agree. I don't typically go to that. Yeah. Like I usually, I, I need meatloaf for breakfast. I mean, yeah, like I don't, I don't know. I it really, if you think about breakfast, it's just when you break your fast. So you like, if you break your fast at noon, you would eat a, a sandwich and call it lunch. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Dope. All right, guys. Well, thank you as always for listening. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, make sure you go check out all the free content we have over at tailoredcoachingmethod.com and get your supplements to support the podcast from firstform.com slash tailoredcoachingmethod. We appreciate you guys for listening and we will catch you next time.